Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. And in this episode, we're gonna go through three powerful insights from Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey A. Moore. This book is all about how to market and sell disruptive products to mainstream customers. This of course includes technology products, which often disrupt existing solutions, but it also includes any other product or service that causes customers to have to change or alter their behavior in a significant way. So if your product causes customers to have to break with the status quo or change their habits or change their routines, well, that product would be considered disruptive. So if you're an entrepreneur, product manager, marketer, or anybody else interested in promoting or selling a disruptive product, I recommend that you pick up a copy of Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey A. Moore. Let's dive into three of my favorite insights from the book, beginning with insight number one. Follow the technology adoption life cycle. People react in different ways when they encounter a disruptive product or service. And again, this includes anything that causes people to have to change their behavior in some meaningful way. So the technology adoption life cycle breaks people up into five different groups. It classifies them based on how they respond to disruptive solutions. So the five groups are, number one, innovators. Number two, early adopters. Number three, early majority number four, late majority, and number five, laggards. So each of these groups, when they encounter disruptive technology, they respond very differently. So for example, innovators, they choose to adopt new technology for new technology's sake. So for example, the very first people to buy AirPods or the Apple Watch or something like that They're typically buying it just because they want the latest and greatest technology. They're enthusiastic about technology or they're enthusiastic about new solutions and they often try them just for the sake of being first to try new things. They're enthusiastic when it comes to change. The second group, early adopters, they typically seek new technology for a very specific purpose. So typically, they have a vision for how this new technology will give them a strategic or competitive advantage over other people. So in the case of a business that might be acquiring new technology, they might see that new technology as a way to give them an advantage over their rivals, or even individuals might see buying new technology as somehow enhancing their life or giving them an advantage in everyday life. So they're a little bit different than innovators in that they actually see a practical use for that technology and they're willing to try it early in order to take advantage of that benefit. Now the third group, early majority, they want evolution, not revolution. So for them, they're more likely to switch to a new technology when they see it becoming the new standard. So for example, many people would have stuck with the BlackBerry smartphone up until they realized that the iPhone was gaining in popularity, was becoming the new standard, and they would adopt that new standard not as some kind of a revolution, but as a natural evolution of the modern smartphone. So they see more people are switching to the product, it's finally time to make the switch. This is a natural evolution. The fourth group, late majority, they prefer to find something that works and then they stick with it. So once they've found a solution, they rarely like to change. They prefer to just stick with the first solution that really solved that problem for them. So for example, people that use Microsoft Word today, a lot of them are in the late majority where 
They used Microsoft Word as their very first word processor. They're perfectly content with it. They see absolutely no reason whatsoever to explore alternative solutions like Google Docs, and they're just happy to stick with Microsoft Word and will continue to do so, so long as that is a solution that is available to them. The fifth and final group would be laggards. These are customers that do not buy new solutions. They have zero interest in new technology or in disruptive solutions. And so in many ways, it's virtually impossible and really shouldn't even be attempted to sell or to market new solutions to these people. They're the kinds of customers that will literally stick with a rotary phone until it no longer functions, or they'll stick with a flip phone until they can't buy one anymore or it's no longer supported. Now, when you look at a chart of these different groups, you're gonna notice a couple of things. Number one, the vast majority of customers are in the early and late majority. This is where most companies make the overwhelming majority of their revenues and profits. Now, one other thing you'll notice is that it appears like there is a nice smooth curve from group to group and that you can easily make the transition from innovators to early adopters to early majority. Unfortunately, this is not how things actually work. This isn't a smooth progression. The chart might show a nice smooth progression, but there are gaps between each of the groups, specifically gaps between the first and second group and the third and fourth group. And then there's a large chasm between groups number two and number three. So between early adopters and the early majority. And this is where the title of the book comes from, Crossing the Chasm. Most businesses, the overwhelming majority, even if they're able to gain initial momentum with innovators and possibly even early adopters, they fail to cross the chasm to the early majority, and again, the most profitable segment of the market. They get some momentum going with Innovators, they get a little bit more momentum going with early adopters. They think they're all set to become wildly successful, but ultimately they fail to overcome the large chasm between those groups and the early majority and of course the late majority as well. So that's really the premise of the book is understanding this problem and then looking at potential solutions. So with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number two. Focus on a niche market to cross the chasm. Breaking into the early majority market can be incredibly difficult because these kinds of pragmatist mainstream customers strongly prefer to buy the kinds of products and services that other people like themselves are already buying. And of course, this creates a bit of a catch-22 because nobody wants to be first, but they wanna buy products and services that other people like themselves are already using. And they intuitively understand that innovators and early adopters might be buying products and services for reasons that are different than what they value and what they prefer. So they aren't influenced by what innovators and early adopters are buying. Instead, they're seeking to find what other people like themselves are buying, and this is what largely influences their future purchases. So with this in mind, it's incredibly important to focus all of your time, energy, and resources on one niche market. The author likens this approach to the D-Day attack on Normandy. And the idea here is you don't want to try to appeal to everybody. You don't want to diffuse your efforts. You don't want to waste your resources trying to make a little bit of progress in many different places. Like the attack on Normandy, you want to focus all of your effort 
on establishing a beachhead, on making landfall, and then once you're established there, you can slowly expand outward and capture more and more of the market. But to cross the chasm and to break into the early majority, it's very important that you focus on one niche market so that you can get this momentum started. This approach allows you to do three very important things. Number one, you can focus an overabundance of support on new buyers. Number two, you can build a base of highly referenceable customers. And number three, this entire approach increases your odds of establishing market leadership. Each of these things is critical when it comes to having mainstream customers become more comfortable and more confident in your product or service. They tend to want to buy from market leaders. They tend to want to buy products and services that other people like themselves are using. So by focusing your efforts on a small market, you're more likely to build that initial momentum. And by focusing on a smaller market, you're also more likely to deliver a better product and service by understanding more clearly what it is that those customers value and strongly prefer. Now, with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number three. Find ways to deliver the complete solution. While innovators and early adopters are more than happy to piece together solutions and to figure out how to make new disruptive products work, mainstream pragmatist customers like the early and the late majority, these groups want what the book describes as the whole product. They want a complete solution. So the idea here is that most new products, they tend to fail when it comes to delivering on the ultimate marketing promise. So they might sound good, they might have incredible potential, but the first version of the product and even several thereafter tend to fail when it comes to really accomplishing what they promise to be able to do for the customer. So for example, Let's say that you're trying to sell a ruggedized tablet computer that businesses can use to replace all of the manuals that their workers have to use out in the field when they're servicing equipment. So right now, those particular workers have an entire bag full of books that they have to carry everywhere because they don't know exactly what equipment they're gonna be working on that day. And you come to the table with this new ruggedized tablet that they can use to put all of their manuals into this tablet and carry one thing everywhere they go instead of all those other manuals. And it's keyword searchable, it's way more practical, way more useful, sounds great, right? The problem is you might not have digitized all of the manuals or they might not have access to digital versions of all the manuals and all the reference material that they need to really make this a workable solution. So a very promising solution, but when they go to use it in the field, invariably workers are gonna have to continue to bring some manuals and they might have highlights or they might have other things like that that they've made in their printed manuals. And if that's not available in this new digital solution, well, then it's not a whole product solution. It's a promising idea, but it's not the complete solution that they really need. And so the marketing hype, the promise of what this product would be able to do ultimately fails to materialize. And so with this kind of scenario in mind and whatever it is that you're trying to sell, very important to seek to understand exactly how customers aim to use the product and then either on your own or in many cases 
working with other companies, you have to figure out how to solve these kinds of problems. So in the case of the ruggedized tablet, you might look for partners that can digitize the manuals for them on demand. So as you line up a new client, you digitize all of their material and it's ready to go. You might work with the original publishers of that content to figure out how you can deliver digital updates in the future. So when they revise, let's say a manual or other reference material, all of that gets updated and automatically downloaded to the device in the field. It's this kind of thinking that if you really wanna be successful with pragmatist mainstream customers, you need to focus on delivering the whole product. And this is another reason why, especially early on, you need to focus on a tight niche market where you have a better understanding of their needs and where you can focus all of your resources on solving these kinds of problems. Because of course, if you're trying to appeal to a whole bunch of different customers that have very different needs, very different use cases, you can quickly become overwhelmed with all of the different things that you need to coordinate and figure out and solve in order to deliver a more complete product. And by delivering this kind of a more complete product, you're far more likely to impress that customer, to turn them into a valuable customer, and more importantly, when it comes to crossing the chasm, turning them into a referenceable customer that allows you to influence other customers like them where you can build momentum and slowly expand outward and reach a larger and larger audience. But anyway, those are three of my favorite insights from the book. Let me quickly recap all three for you here. Number one, follow the technology adoption life cycle. Number two, focus on a niche market to cross the chasm. And number three, find ways to deliver the complete solution. Now, as is always the case, there is so much more covered in the book that we simply cannot get to in this short format, including much more information about the technology adoption lifecycle, tips about how to define the battle by creating the competition, and many other insights that go well beyond the things that we were able to cover in this episode. So if you're an entrepreneur, product manager, marketer, or anybody else, interested in selling disruptive products or services, then I recommend that you pick up a copy of Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey A. Moore. That's it for this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here, let me know down in the comment section below. If you're interested in more content like this in the future, I recommend that you subscribe or follow my updates on social media. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to connecting with you again in a future episode.